0: Okay, we are learning the Mimer on the Parsha of Shmois, Staff Mem Tesham at Beis. And a reminder that we're working off a Pusik from Shira Shirim that says there are 60 queens and 80 concubines and young maidens without a limitation. These 60 queens are a reference to the books of the Mishnah, the teachings of the Mishnah. The 80 concubines are the teaching of the Brises, reminder, The word brysa means outside. These were lessons that were taught outside of the Beis Medrash of Rebbe. And the Almais, the young virgins, equal the laws which are innumerable. So the Alter Rebbe continues and he tells us that the tanoyim, who are the authors of the Mishnah, and that word tanoyim is the same letters as the word for etanim or strength, that they received their lessons directly from the quality called chachma, the undefined and um, purest level, which is described in Tanya as Yesuid Abba. This is like the father's contribution, the development of a child. Uh, Similarly, we we are told in Pirkei Avos that Moshe received the Torah from Sinai, and that means he received it completely to the point that he passed it on to the Nevi'im and the men of the great assembly, that they received this Chachma directly from Moshe Rabbeinu, and therefore, their uh, rulings in the Mishnah are without dispute. They are not the product of analysis or speculation and so forth. Like the Gemara in Sukkah on uh, Daf Chesam on Aleph, page 28a, tells us that Rebeleza was asked 30 questions, and he simply responded that he had received answers to 12 of them, that is, he did not deduce them and decipher the answer, he simply had the direct information that answered 12 of them, whereas 18 of them, the other 18, he did not have the, he had not received the answer to, and again, all of this underscores this quality of bittal, simply that they received it, we find a similar story with Akavi ben Mahalel, he says, I heard this from people, again, what they received, what they learned, which is the idea of ayin and bitul mamish, in contrast to analysis and deciphering and so forth. And this is what Moshe Rabbeinu brought into the world when he said, ma? what are we? This is a reference to Moshe Rabbeinu's response when the Jewish people were complaining to him uh, one of the many times, and he said, ma? why are you complaining to me? But if we just highlight that phrase, it reads, what are we? So then the Alter Rebbe goes on to explain that this also is a reference to the quality called Ma, Mad, and Ban. So a little background. We know that Hashem's name, Yudke Vavkei, if we spell it out with it was called Miloy, whereas we take each letter. And as we know, every Hebrew letter has a name. Aleph is Aleph, Lam, Fey. You phonetically spell out the title of each um, word, name, so, when we get to the different letters that spell out Yudke Vavke, there's a variety of ways that we can phonetically spell out their name. Specifically, it centers around the hey. How do you spell out the word hey? Do you spell it hey, hey, or hey, Aleph? And certainly, this will affect the total numerical value. Of course, the gematria, uh, every Hebrew letter having a numerical value. So if you spell it with a hey, if you spell out the word hey, 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 and of course you have it twice in yud k vav you are going to have a drastically different gematra than if you spell it hey Aleph. And the same is true with vav, whether it's spelled vav Aleph vav or vav-vav. For our matters here, we're talking about the quality called ma, which is of greater revelation. It's when, we, when you get to 45 ma, when you spell out hey, as hey, aleph, in contrast to ban, which is spelled hey, hey. So hey, the mem hey, the 45 gematria, which is also the word for what. So just as when a person says what, it's limitless. That is, they are genuinely receptive. It is a true total bitle. To say what, no preconceived notion. It also represents a, a level of godliness that can decipher and find the, the Kedusha, the holiness that is otherwise trapped in a lesser level of revelation as represented by Ban 42, which is the product of a differed spelling out of the letter names of Hashem's, uh, each of the letters of Hashem's name. So again, this Moshe Rabbeinu brought this quality, just like when a person is genuinely curious and comes with no preconceived notion, they genuinely come from a place of ma, they genuinely genuinely come from a place of complete uh, innocence and purity without any uh, agenda or preconceived notion or presumptions. They can find greater clarity, like Moshe Rabbeinu was drawn forth from the water, which is not the case where we have, for example, with Elio, that is the Gematria of 42, which is only an external bitle. It's a willingness to learn something new, but not a total bitle. And that's why Elio's entire body, but including his body, including his chitzenius, went up to Shemayim. In this context, it suggests a somewhat of a lesser level. And that's why the laws that are enumerated by the Tanoim in the Mishnah, the Mishnah authors, are direct godliness. They are drawn directly down after this mirror, this clarity of godliness that is instilled within them through the quality of ma, again, genuine receptivity. Called chachma ilah, a true chachma, a true willingness to be uh, to be taught. Like our sages say, both opinions are the words of Hashem, and therefore they they can have some sort of discussion. But as our the, the Gemara tells us that the Geulah comes about specifically through Mishnah, that we will be ingathered from amongst the nations. Went through the study of Mishnah, that the being ingathered from amongst the nations is similar to the idea of deriving the halacha from within the confusion of all of the particulars. And we're seeking for that truth. So to Mishnah is like the ingathering, it's in the infusion of godliness into a, 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 a state of confusion. Similar to the idea of tzedakah, that tzedakah is the idea of taking money, which can be used for something purely material, and discovering its godliness. And this is part of the description of the time of Mashiach, where we are described, or Mashiach is described as the ingathering of every individual, one by one, again, like the Mishnah derives or or calls out the godliness, the truth, the halacha, from within the complexity of whatever the real-life situation is. We move on to the next paragraph. We'll begin the next quote from that Pesach and Shir Hashirim that uh, says, Pilog shimelu brises, that the Pelegish, the concubine, represents the Brises. What is the analogy? That just as the relationship between the king and the Pelegish is sporadic and more sort of secretive, so too is the relationship of the Brises. Their clarity is less so. It's more almost hit or miss type of thing. Like we say that any mission that wasn't taught by Rupchi and Rupushi is not considered a Mishnah. That is, it's not been clarified So much so that we know that uh, during the shleishim after Moshe Rabbeinu's passing, we lost 3,000 halachas because the clarity was not that clear. Again, if they did not have this type of influence like the king would have on the queen, which is more constant, that quality of the king, which represents the male contribution, the development, which is that infinite quality of chachma, the Pelegish is missing that to the same extent, and therefore there is less clarity. Like we know that the, they come only from the level of Bria, from a lesser awareness of Hashem, in contrast to the mission which comes from Atzilas, where like the king and the queen relationship is that much more intense and unified, like the relationship of Chachma it, from Atzilas that has greater clarity. And in contrast, the clarity that comes in Bria, in the Pelegesh, and the concubine is less so. But in the, the and therefore the Mishnahs that were not taught by Rebchi and Rebushia are not drawn down from this level of uh, Atsilis and therefore they cannot be relied upon as being absolutely true. Um, they, they lack that kind of absolute Yichud, that absolute unification comparable to the king and the queen that uh, the Mishnah lacks. And that's this lesser degree that we find with the, uh, with the Bryce's and why they are compared to the more secretive and uh, sporadic relationship or unclear relationship between the king and the Pelegesh, unlike the indisputable Mishnahs, which are more like the profound, absolute relationship uh, between the king and the queen, which is beyond any form of reproach. This is alluded to in what the, uh, we're taught, that it says, would occasionally offer, I mean, a, there was an occasional, like an occasional lesson from the b'risa that he would occasionally offer the neshamas of the tzaddikim, and again, it being less permanent, like the lesser permanence of the pelegish. On the final right-hand paragraph on this page, it tells us, again, the next quote, the almas a e nisbar, young maidens without number. This refers to the halachas. These are the statements of the Amaroyim, the authors of the Gemara, that, um, like the Gemara itself says, when somebody raised a question, one person said this, another said that. So the Gemara says, so gabra, gabra, there's two different opinions. They're, you cannot raise a legitimate conflict between two different opinions. They simply have two different opinions. Why are they compared to almost to these young girls? Because they have yet to be uh, transformed and elevated by the influx of the male contribution, the chachm'ilah, just like these young unmarried girls. They don't yet have this level of, um, uh, of infinity that the king brings to the queen, and he brings even to the pilegesh. He has not yet at all been brought, and that's why there is darkness in the Talmud, that is confusion, conflict, and so forth, because they are not yet uh, been um, uplifted by the Chachmila. However, they are pursuing the king, as uh, David HaMelech writes in Tillim, that they are they are pursuing the king. They are readying themselves for this type of clarity, like the young maiden who's preparing herself to be united with the king. That they are a they are receptive to this level, and that's why they are they are ready. The Gemara is ready to be exalted, uplifted, and clarified via that contribution. And this is what is described earlier in the Maimer as the libon hilchasa, the whitening that is, we take uh, of the law. That is, we take a, 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 a circumstance, there's a lot of confusion, there's all kinds of factors going on, and we have to whiten it out. We have to remove the chaff, and we have to find what is the Allah. So this process is achieved via the questions and answers, like the development of the fetus that combines the masculine and the feminine quality. The law, becomes inserted into the circumstance. And we find via this process, the innate godliness, like we do in the Gemara, where we have questions and we have answers and counter questions, and so on and so forth, all in pursuit of finding what is in fact the godly objective, the ratzen HaElia in God's will in this particular circumstance, and we find this continuously throughout the Gemara, where we're seeking this idea of drawing in this divine clarity, this whiteness, which is clarity. This is the quality of Kesser, the quality that is even greater than chachma, like a crown sits upon the head. It is God's ultimate will, which drives his intellect. And when we are faced with a circumstance And we're trying to find who is the rightful owner of a disputed object, what we should do with uh, a law in Kashris and so forth. What we are seeking out is, can we identify the whiteness of godliness there? This is further underscored by the idea that the Kohen Gadol wears white on Yom Kippur, because the whole idea of Aravodah is like the Kohen Gadol to find that whiteness. We're now on the first new paragraph on the top left-hand side uh, of the page. So now we can understand the statement of the Zion that tells us that all of Torah and Mitzvahs is designed to correct the secrets of Hashem's name. We know that there are seven names of Hashem which we are prohibited from erasing. They are Kel and and, um, all the different names of Hashem. Uh, And each one of them represents a different manner through which Hashem expresses himself through the Midas here in this world. That is, since Hashem is innately infinite, it is an or even the light that Hashem expresses, which is describable as light. It still reflects the characteristic of Hashem, that it is infinite. Hashem is not a composite of character traits, yet he wishes to express himself through the character traits. So for example, since Hashem wants to create a world based on chesed, so he compresses himself and expresses himself through the midah of chesed. And that is represented when Hashem expresses himself through the name Kael. Like we know that a person's name is really not reflective of his identity, as evidenced by the fact that you can have two people with the same exact name, and they're completely different. It's simply a way that we distinguish one person from another. <clears> he <throat> doesn't use this example, but it's essentially like a phone number. Your phone number doesn't really say anything about you. Yes, it may tell people where your phone is registered or some other shallow aspect of it, as your name might. You know, we have ethnic names and we have names that are indicative of certain cultures and so forth, but it doesn't really tell you very much about the person. In contrast, Hashem's name tells a lot about that is the name which Hashem chooses to express himself with, is an insight to us as to which aspect God is coming to us uh, in that circumstance. So Kale is when God is coming through us in the way of chesed, of limitlessness, when it's Elohim, he's coming to us in the manner of gevurah and so forth. And therefore, in order for Hashem to express himself, for example, to build this world on chesed as is his request, his objective, So Hashem makes that available to us through Torah and mitzvahs. And we, through the Torah and mitzvahs, discover the godliness that is otherwise going to be hidden in this world. So Hashem expresses Himself through Torah and mitzvahs. Our job is to discover godliness here in this world. We discover the godliness of Chesed through the Chesed mitzvahs. We discover the godliness of Gevura through the Gevura mitzvahs. Torah and mitzvahs become our mechanism for accessing godliness. However, our ultimate goal is not just to access the individual aspects of Hashem, but rather, as we alluded to in the or mentioned in the first page of the Mimer, is Shmei Hagadol. You recognize it from the davening. Our objective is to draw out that the, the, uh, the essential name or identity of Hashem, not just the specifics, the Ein Sof of Hashem that there is a combination of names of Hashem. Like we say in the davening, we want to bring together even Havaya, the godliness that is outside of this world, with Adne, which is the godliness within this world, which is to draw down the Havaya, which is essentially what we call Seviv kolamim, it surrounds this world, you can't capture it, you can't put your finger on it or identify it. And we want that to be paired with Adne, which is the godliness the way it is in this world. And the mechanism to do that is through and Mitzvah, which draws down not only the specifics of Hashem's kindness or His orderliness, His cheser, His gevurah, it also draws down Shmai HaGadol, Meshubach, Mephoyer, Adayat as you recognize from the novening, that it is God's name which is praise, which is glorified, it is great, not great as in big, but great as in infinite. So ultimately, not only are we bringing down godliness as it relates to that particular activity, It is bringing down godliness as is in its essence, which is the infinite. But again, uh, uh, via the mechanism of the names of Hashem. And this is how we fulfill this dictate of the Zayar, that we are able to be mesakein, to correct or to organize the depth, the secret of Hashem's name, that it should be manifest down here through all those names. So not only that this is an act of chesed, but it becomes a godly act of chesed. And this is what Hashem told Avram in the beginning of the parsha of the, era, the next week's parsha, that He says, "I appear." I'm sorry, told Moshe that Hashem says, "I appear to Avram." But He did not know the infant name of Hashem because that name is only available through Matan Torah. Torah, even though it deals with very particular activities and rules and directives, which capture a very specific particular expression of godliness, it ultimately gives us access to the infinity of godliness. And this is what Hashem told Moshe that Avram did not have that experience because Avram didn't have Matan Torah. It is only through Matan Torah that we are able to have this experience. And this is what the Pesach means when it says we have been brought close to our king, to his great name, because in order for there to be the great name that is the infinity of Hashem, that is exclusively through the neshama of the Jewish people. And this is how we can be certain that we will never be severed from Hashem because of his infinite name. I mean, the word is Godol, which is commonly translated as great. But in our context, it truly means infinite, unlike the specificity of the Midas. And like it says, uh, what can we do for this great name? that there are three entities that are intertwined, the Jews, Torah, and Hashem, and the mechanism through which we become connected to Hashem is through Torah. And that's why the, 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 we're taught that David HaMelech brought Torah from above with Hashem, that Hashem should bring himself, he should lower himself to become engaged with the Jewish people, and in this way we draw down the infinity of Hashem through the quality of Chachma, which again is not about our IQ, but it's about uh, our receptivity to the genuinely infinite, again, not predisposed to our own ideas uh, or see how it fits to what I already think and adds on, but to truly have that bittle to be receptive to a, an idea that is completely outside of anything that I am already comfortable with. We're now in the final paragraph of the Alta Rebbe starts to address the basic question. You recall that the Mimer began with the question, why does Sefer Shmoyim begin with a detailing of the names of Yaakov and his children who came to Mitzrayim? Already back in Pashas Vayigash, when they, in, in real time, came down to Mitzrayim. We are told their names, each one of them and the tribes and so forth. So why is it repeated here? So the Altar Rebbe says, now we understand why it says, the Shmoyim b'nei Yisrael. That the Shemois, the names, are like this idea that David made a name for Hashem. Like the Zoyer says, that he brought the name of Hashem, Havaya, that is the true name that captures the infinity of Hashem, down here via this infinite light, which is the quality of Chachma, which again is not about how how much uh, scholarship we have. It is rather about our receptivity. It brought this quality of the Yud of Shem Hashem, this Chachmila, down here via the He, if you envision the four letters of Hashem's name, Yud, and then He, and then Vav and then He. And He represents the spoken word, the soft-spoken word, the breath that is elicited when you say the letter He, that it gives forth this breath that we bring, our job is to bring the Shem of Hashem, even into Mitzrayim, even into the most disgusting of lands, down here into this physical world, as it's explained in the Geris HaKodesh. And so too, in Parsha Shemais, it tells us that the B'nai Yisrael draw down, they bring a revelation of godliness into this world. And that's why, and again, this answers the question, why does the Parsha have to recount the names of Yaakov and all his children? We know that already. Because now we understand that Yaakov and Yisrael, I'm sorry, Yaakov and Rachel, and also Yisrael and Russia. Remember Yaakov, of course, having both names. And all of their children who are rooted in Atzilas. They are rooted in the spiritual. That's why they didn't want to go to Mitzrayim. Because Mitzrayim was completely incongruent with their identity. And that's why specifically they are meant to go to Mitzrayim. To bring that infinite level of godliness into the finite characteristic and even the contradictory characteristics of Mitzrayim. So they bring this le- level down to illustrate the unity of Hashem's infinity, like Yaakov and Rachel, and Yisroel and Rachel, which is, again, the unity of Havaya, the level of godliness that represents a quality that is not capturable by this physical world. And the quality called Adne, the dominant, the authority of Hashem, which is represented by Rachel, because the source of the neshama of Yaakov comes from Havaya. And the source of the neshama of Rachel comes from Adne. and that's why the Jewish people are compared to Rachel, like a Rachel, like a sheep. Uh, which again, the Hebrew word Rachel means sheep, but of course, it also is a reference to Rachel herself, and and this all of the Jewish people. So again, this is the point that we're the Jewish people; we are God's messengers, whether we are. In Eretz Yisrael, in a place of natural holiness, or we are in Mitzrayim, a place of antagonism to, to holiness. And the same is true in why the 12 tribes have to be enumerated. Because they represent the 12 different permutations of the four-letter name of Hashem. If you have a four-letter word, so there's a formula of the no- X, which equals the number of letters in the word, times X minus 1, 4 times 3 is 12. So there's 12 different ways that you can combine those four letters, which each one of the tribes represents a different form of that. And this is why the tribes are described, not just by ruven, but haruveni, with the he prefix and the yud suffix, hashimoni, with the he prefix and the yud suffix, Hashem's name, that is Hashem inserts the tribes into his name, his yudke, vavke name, to illustrate that each of the tribes represent a different permutation of God's identity. And now we understand why it says, b'nei yisrael, mitzrayim, these are the names of the tribes who came because it is the idea of bringing the names through Torah. that Torah gives us access to godliness, Godliness, like a name gives us access to a person. And it is the drawing down of the 60 queens and the, which are the, the Mishnah's. And each one of them is a combination of the six, the letter Vav. We said Yud is Chachmila, the infinity, inf- infinite quality of Hashem. He is the spoken word. The Vav of Hashem's name is represented in the six orders of the Mishnah, Vav being the, letter, the, the number six. Um, as, as is explained, like we say, these are the um, counts of the material. The accounting of the Mishkan is what was was drawn down from the highest level through the name of Membes 42, again, which goes back to the different ways in which we can identify um, and spell out the name of Hashem. And Ve'ela, the first word, is the Gematria 42, which preps the Shmois, the names, which are the individual manners of manifestation of godliness, that Yaakov, who represents the infinity of Hashem who combined with Rachel and, by extension, all of his wives to create the Jewish people. And the Jewish people, represented by the 12 tribes, each one of them being a different method of expressing God's identity in this physical world, have to come down into Mitzrayim, into a place of Gullus, into a place of antagonism in order to bring godliness there. And even so, ultimately, we will see that there is a godly side to Mitzrayim. As we know, Mitzrayim means narrow, and it represents the narrowing of the throat, which is, again, uh, illustrates how we take something from the intellect of the head, and it manifests itself through the throat, figuratively speaking, into the heart, to our character, and ultimately, from the heart, it's distributed to our behavior. So while it's true that initially Yaakov, the Ela, through this quality of godliness— Shmois, the different uh, touch points, portals of entry of God to godliness via the Torah and Mitzvahs. Like names are a mechanism through which we can connect and call the attention of another person of Yaakov, who represents the infinity of Hashem, who unified with his wives to create the tribes, and each one of them individually represents a different method of bringing godliness into the world, into this world through Torah and Tefila, That even though they went down into Mitzrayim, and it could not be seen there in Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim was not transformed. On the contrary, ultimately, they enslaved us. Um, Yet, there is still that capacity for us to be rescued. It was through the experience of Mitzrayim that we were able to receive Torah. And ultimately, we will be able to elevate the godliness that was concealed within Mitzrayim, which was impacted by the arrival of Yaakov and his sons, and thus to transform it into a good and abundant land representing the revelation of the godliness that has been secreted away within Mitzrayim as a consequence of the Yaakov godliness with his wives, through his children, representing each of the individual methods, through the names, the access points of godliness, that is through Torah and Mitzvahs, which impacted Mitzrayim and transformed it and will transform it from a place of antagonism into a place of godliness. This concludes the this page of the Bible.